KRLD Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off, hand off Jacobs, has the first down of the goal, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Raiders! Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz, he is smothered, and brought down! Max Crosby came around for the sack! Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun, back to pass, climbs the pocket, eyes downfield, fires a strike to Devontae, the 25, breaks away 20, 15, 10, 5, dives, touchdown Raiders! And now, here's JT the Brick. Yes, JT here with you. Thanks for listening, especially on that Raiders mobile app. I just put out a Facebook message on that. If you go to Facebook, at JT the Brick on Facebook and Twitter. Same tag there. Appreciate everybody listening who can hear us all over, everywhere. My dad right now in Naples, Florida. My cousin Gino in Hicksville, Long Island, or wherever you are, you just click on that Raiders mobile app, and boom, pops up that radio in the right corner, and you can listen live. So if you're not in Vegas and you're listening or you're in Vegas going on a trip, remember, download that Raiders mobile app for free, and you get the radio show right in the palm of your hand, right in your car, however you're streaming us. We really appreciate that because it's a big deal for us, man. I don't think this would work in Vegas. I've said it before. I don't think it would work in Vegas. It would not without a streaming capability around the Raider Nation. You know, nothing against everybody here in Vegas. I love the station. I love the management. I love everybody here. We talk about our sponsors more than anybody but I need, to, I need people to be listening around the country for me to have an edge, man. Uh, nothing against Vegas. I've been on the radio in Vegas since 96. Uh, I need people in the Bay Area, people in Los Angeles, New York, uh, Crusader Raider listening live in London. I know he is because he just hit me up on Facebook. I, I need that. All I need for me is I'm a radio guy. I need to know people are listening. And I don't know if you're listening unless you call or tweet. Used to be, you know, who cared? But now I care more. I want to know where everybody is. I want to know what you're doing. I want to know where you go to eat, where you go to the games, where you tailgate and all that. And I can't read minds. All I can do is listen to your phone calls and read your tweets and then get some interaction out of you because I'm one of the last solo hosts left in the world. Only the, the, the rare men and women who can do a radio show without having four or five co-hosts and someone clapping in the background telling them how great they are. It's just me. On an island today at my beautiful home, as Ed Graney would say, on the mean streets of Summerlin. Bobby's back in the studio, and we are ready to go today. we got a good show, Vinny Bonsignor, at the bottom of the hour. We've been clipping and using a lot of Vinny content, which I don't have a problem with. I think a lot of people hear my stuff and talk about it, and I hear other people talk on other shows. It could give me a spark or an idea. But Vinny has the cover story again today, man. Man, to be a journalist, Raiders possess options at quarterback. So remember, yesterday, if you didn't get a chance to hear, we went through the Raiders' off-season roster. I'll talk about that also with Vinny. Who stays, who goes, who might not be here and all that. But Vinny, again, saves the day throughout the Raider Nation, comes in with this article, something we've been talking about, what the Raiders' options are at the quarterback position. And Vinny includes Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Man, so if you look at all this, there's a lot to digest there. And we're going to have Nestor Aparicio on at the top of next hour. 
Nasty Nestor, famed Baltimore sports talk host. He's going to tell us about Lamar Jackson. In the perfect world, if all these guys cost the same, roughly and all that, I'd want Lamar Jackson because he's 26. He's a fierce runner, competitor. I think the league is changing to a quarterback who can make plays with his legs outside the pocket. It has for a while. Lamar Jackson would be my number one pick because of his age. But what you'd have to get him and what he doesn't want, he seems like a complicated character. Now, and I think Raider fans, Raider fans don't want anybody complicated here. I didn't think Derek Carr was very complicated. The guy was a man of faith, spent a lot of time in church, spent a lot of time with his wife and kids, wasn't in nightclubs, wasn't partying. I think he liked to golf. He golfed a little bit, but the guy was... There wasn't a lot of content with Derek. Derek didn't come on the radio and TV near the end of his career. I repeat, Derek did not come on radio, wink, wink, and TV much at the end of his career. I didn't take it personally. I think he spoke to me more than anybody over the decade, almost the decade he was here. But, you know, Derek wasn't a guy. Tom Brady's got a podcast with Jim Gray once a week. He, he's on radio. They, they air that on Mad Dog Radio. That's the channel I'm on at night. And Tom Brady's got a really big podcast. Derek didn't have a podcast. Derek didn't have a radio show other than the last time he did it with me in 2016. So whoever comes in here, I don't care if they move the needle with the media. I mean, Tom Brady would break the needle and, and with the media here. If Tom Brady was here, Tom Brady's picture would be all over the Vegas Strip. That's not going to happen in Miami. Miami. Miami's more art deco than vegas right vegas we put anything on a casino on the side of a casino there's a dell on the side of this casino you know it's aerosmith's residency can you imagine if tom brady came here what the strip would look like all the way from downtown and circa all the way past mandalay bay he'd be everywhere and he deserves to be everywhere he's a billionaire on pace to be a billionaire he's the greatest football player most accomplished football player of all time and vegas glamorizes everybody Wayne Newton's still out there, man. You know, the Shenandoah house. He said, you can you can literally get in your car in Vegas and drive anywhere and bump into Wayne Newton. He's an icon in this town. So if Tom Brady comes here on the back end of his career for a year or two, oh, my God, the amount of money it will bring to this town in tourism, sports tourism and radio advertising and television dollars and all that. I don't know anybody... You know, I don't want the A's to come here because I think the A's are a bleeping fraud. People, even last night I talked about this topic. Someone asked me, what do you think about the A's? And I said, the A's are horrible. Their owner's a horrible conniver who's out there just trying to use Vegas because Mark Davis beat him here. And Mark Davis has this glorious stadium and the franchise has doubled in value. The A's can't draw flies up in Oakland and they want to come to Vegas all of a sudden. After blocking the Raiders on a 10-year lease behind their back in a negotiation, are we going to bring him here? I don't want the A's here, but I'd like Tom Brady for a year or two or Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy Garoppolo, eh, you know, if Jimmy G's the guy, Jimmy G's the guy. I know Jimmy G wins a lot. I know if you put Jimmy G on your team, you're going to win more games than you lose. That's his track record. And Jimmy G's only 31. Matter of fact, because we have uh, Vinny on at the bottom of the hour. I didn't know his age. I thought he was like 33, 34. Niners are expected to move on from 31-year-old Jimmy Garoppolo, and there'll be a healthy market for him. If the Brady option doesn't come to fruition, the Raiders will have serious interest in McDaniel's former New England pupil. According to Sports Rack, an online team and player contract resource, Garoppolo's market value 
is four years, $139 million, with an annual average salary of $35 million. $35 million for Jimmy G? That's a lot of money. I mean, cars in the 30 to 40 range. Jimmy G? I guess that's the market for a winning quarterback who knows the playbook and can come in easily and take over this offense in Vegas easily and run it to the way I think Josh McDaniels wants the offense to be run. We saw that with Jarrett Stidham. It was a little bit of a different offense with Jarrett Stidham than it was with Derek Carr. And I don't know why that was such a big change either. I just think Derek didn't want to run anymore, and you need a running quarterback. But I know Tom Brady's not a great runner. Remember, everybody, Brady is the exception to the rule. So when it comes to Brady, Brady has no rules. Brady doesn't run, who cares? Brady's getting older, who cares? There's no rules with Brady. You get Brady, you're lucky to have him. You take him. You know you're going to have a serious organization and offense ready to roll day one, and he's going to win because he always wins. I don't know if he'll win the Super Bowl, but he should get you to the playoffs. I would not be going out on a limb if Tom Brady signed with the Raiders saying that the Raiders are locked to go to the playoffs. Now, locked to win the division? I don't know about that, but a lock to go to the playoffs? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy with that move. So Vinny at the bottom of the hour, if you'd like to get ahead of Vinny, uh, call now. You should know what you want to talk about by now. We're talking about quarterbacks. We're talking about the Raiders offseason. And we're talking about the AFC and the NFC championship game as we open up the show, the number 702. 702- Three six five ninety two hundred. 9200 Quickly, before I tell you about last night, which I'm going to say for next hour, Ian Rappaport just a little while ago earlier today on the Mahomes status. Mahomes showed up at the press conference and looked fine. He was walking around, uh, walked downstairs, upstairs on a little platform. It didn't look like he was in any pain. But the key is practice and what's going to happen going forward. Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. Well, we're just getting started. It is Wednesday. I'm pretty sure of that. And this is the first day of the game week that we're going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes' ankle. But make no doubt about it, this is going to be the biggest story of the week. And really the biggest question going into today is, is Mahomes going to practice? And I would say that is, as of right now, an open question. Dealing with that high ankle sprain, something that is expected to limit him this week. He is going to play. He has made that very clear. His coach, Andy Reid, has made that very clear. Something Mahomes said after the game. Reid reiterated it to reporters earlier in the week. But he may not be normal. He may not be himself. But just how much he is limited is certainly something to watch for going forward. As you guys know, Patrick Mahomes on the run. His usual athletic self is much different than if he's stationary and in the pocket. Maybe a small bit of good news, though. When Andy Reid was talking about this ankle, he said the Mahomes had one in 2019 uh, in the opener, I believe. This is less bad than that. And in that one, he didn't miss any time. So that is at least an indication that it is a tweak as Reed insinuated early in the week. But we will find out today whether Mahomes practices, and that could set the tone for how injured he actually is. So Mahomes spoke to the media and said he's good to go. AFC Championship ready to go, quote-unquote, after he suffered that high ankle sprain in the first quarter. Remember, that was in the first quarter of the Jaguar game, and they ended up winning that 27-20. to And Andy Reid says he's expecting him to be a full practice participant. We'll wait for the updates here. The ankle has progressed. So we know he's going to play. We just don't know what level he's going to play at. We don't know if he's going to be at 100% or if he's going to be at 80% or whatever it is, but it's going to be pretty good. It's going to be pretty good because he's Patrick Mahomes. Now, what's the connection as we go through these games? The connection to the Raider Nation is Kansas City must be stopped at all costs because if Kansas City doesn't win again, 
we judge everybody by Super Bowls, Super Bowl championship wins. And if Kansas City doesn't get to the Super Bowl or loses the Super Bowl, you know, that's just an asterisk in a record book. Who lost the game? But we talk about who won the game. So I think I speak for all the Raider Nation when I say this. Kansas City must go down. And Kansas City must go down in the next couple of weeks. I would rather see him go down in the AFC Championship game to Cincinnati. And, and if the game's at home, that gives him an advantage there. I think Burrow and Mahomes are two brilliant quarterbacks, two future Hall of Famers. And I think most of the country wants to see players play like that. I mean, remember we went through this era where it was Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game or in the playoffs. So you knew whoever won that game was probably going to win. They're probably going to go to the Super Bowl. And those games were epic, man. The only other games that were better, really, I believe this, were Ben Roethlisberger games against Baltimore with Joe Flacco and Ray Lewis. Remember those games, Pittsburgh and Baltimore? Wow, those were great games. Fantastic games. So Cincinnati and Kansas City is something we can see for a while. Now, as I've talked about, I said it yesterday, and I'll be talking about this as we go to the Super Bowl. I'd like to see Cincinnati win the Super Bowl. I picked Buffalo. Buffalo would have been harmless to the city of Las Vegas and the Raider Nation. Who cares if Buffalo wins one Super Bowl every 60 or 70 years? That doesn't bother me. I got a lot of friends in Buffalo. Same with Cincinnati. I know two Cincinnati Bengal fans, and I don't know them well. I don't care if Cincinnati wins the Super Bowl. It's not going to affect me at all. I'm not going to throw a bottle up against the wall. I'm not going to be upset. Now, on the NFC side, with my roots growing up in New York, I grew up hating the Eagles hating the Eagles to a point where that was hatred. And the older I got, I I don't hate anything anymore. I don't. I truly don't hate anything. But I really dislike the Eagles, their fans. I call them the dirty, stinking, green, drunk birds of Philadelphia. I almost died at an Eagles game in the upper deck with a threat. And at a much younger age, a much, much younger age, fueled up with a lot of beer in the wrong place at the wrong time. So the Eagles... I've always had a weird spot for the Eagles and the Niners, you know, being on the uh, radio in the Bay Area for so many years. And I got friends of mine who have been in and around that organization. My allegiance to the Raider Nation and the company that employs me, I want the Niners to lose at all cost. The Raiders are not friends with the Niners. The, the Raiders fans and Niner fans, some of them are married. You have a wife who's a Niner fan, a husband who's a Raider fan. I've seen it all the time. It's the Bay Area. I'm not here to, to, to talk about the Niners on the Raider flagship. I had, to, I had to go up there. I had to go up to the Bay Area for most of my career and deal with, you know, program directors and people in radio that hated the Raiders. They just didn't like the Raiders as we were holding down the Raider flag. I hope that gives me some credibility with you in the Raider Nation. The garbage I had to put up with up north with all that Niner, Giants, Warriors propaganda. And a lot of you Raider fans are Warrior fans. I don't have a problem with the Warriors at all. But I don't root for the Niners. I never had. And I'd like to see the Niners go down. So in a perfect world for me, it's Philly and Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati beats Philadelphia 100 to nothing. Eagles lose. Bengals win. And then we reset the offseason with the Raiders. How does that feel, everybody? As we mentioned it yesterday, if you didn't get through. Uh, the team that you're rooting against the most in this Final Four. I don't know. Because I know some fans hate the Niners more than Kansas City. I'm assuming most of Raider Nation hates Kansas City, maybe a little bit more than the Niners, but again, I don't know unless you tell me. 702-365-9200. I am all in to see the 49ers and the Chiefs go down. I'd like it to be this weekend, 
if we have to wait to the Super Bowl and we find out that it's Kansas City versus the Niners, I probably want the Niners to win. I won't have any impression on rooting for them, but I probably want the Niners just a little bit more because I don't like both teams and I want to see Kansas City and the AFC West go down. The only way to quiet these Kansas City fans who are now buying your friend's tickets to Allegiant Stadium because some scoundrels are selling their tickets to Kansas City fans. I mean, how stupid do you have to be to sell your ticket to a Chief fan? Now, if you're not a Raider fan, forget about it. If you're a ticket broker listening to me, uh, you know, I, I get it. But if you're a Raider fan, if you're a Raider fan and put your tickets up to Indianapolis, you're going out of town, a couple of Colts fans buy it, I get it. But to consciously go on a secondary market device and sell your Raider tickets to a Niner fan and a 49er fan. I was in the building before you, and I stayed, and I was the last one out of there. There were Niner fans and Chief fans everywhere. That's got to stop. And one of the ways it'll stop is if those two franchises don't win another Super Bowl. Because if they win another Super Bowl, they're going to have all new gear on when they come here again with a new Super Bowl patch, world champions. We need these teams to go down. So I included that and got that in the monologue before Vinny. And then uh, one other quick thing, the Golden Knights. Golden Knights lost in overtime to New Jersey. Now, that's not the end of the world to me. I'm not freaking out about that. Anyway, I look at it, but the one thing I'll tell you about this, I am very concerned about where this franchise is right now with so many good players, a new coach, an electric atmosphere at T-Mobile. They got to play the Rangers and the Islanders on the rest of this East Coast trip. And I don't like where they're at. I do not like watching where this team is at right now. We'll have a Golden Knights guest on, I believe, tomorrow, hopefully a broadcaster. And we'll discuss that for those in Vegas who love this hockey team the way I love this hockey team. So I'm excited about that. LeBron, probably in the next six or seven games, is going to break the all-time scoring record of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. LeBron, you're going to start hearing more LeBron on the show, more Laker talk, more NBA talk after the Super Bowl. What he's doing, everyone, is bleeping amazing. I mean, if, if you believe that if you're shutting the door on LeBron James being better than Michael Jordan when it's all said and done, I don't know what you're watching. What LeBron James is doing at this stage in his career, we have never seen anything close to it. The guy's body is so strong. He's dunking. He, he's career high for threes. Last night, season high, everything he's doing is unbelievable. I don't like LeBron James a lot, but what he's doing is phenomenal. It's very much like Brady. What Brady's done at 42, 43, 44, what LeBron's doing at 35, 36, 37, and LeBron's not going to quit anytime soon, I don't think. It's fantastic sports. It's sports at the highest level. It really is. That's why everybody wants Tiger Woods to win a major again. You know, see Tiger Woods approaching 50, not to his 40s anymore. If Tiger can win in his mid to late 40s again, the way LeBron's playing now and Tom Brady potentially coming to Las Vegas, some of these old-timers, man, these old-time players, the world's changed. And very quickly, I'll share it to you. Uh, I'll share it uh, next hour more so. I had an unbelievable day yesterday. I'm just so proud to be involved with the Raiders and the opportunities they give me. And yesterday I hosted an event at Allegiant Stadium for Ray's Coca-Cola and their team members, and it was a chalk talk with Brandon Parker and Fred Bolitnikoff. And afterwards I went out to dinner with Fred Bolitnikoff, his wife, and my wife over at M Resort. So I'll be plugging M Resort. And who sat up with us, came over to our table, and joined us, Rod Martin, two-time Super Bowl champ, three interceptions in the Super Bowl, and I tweeted out a couple of pictures from last night on my Twitter feed. What a magical night listening to Freddie and Rod talk. 
Oh, my God. I mean, the stories that Fred has about Al Davis and coaching Tim Brown and Jerry Rice and Rod Martin on the anniversary of his three interceptions in New Orleans and him telling me stories about leading up to that game. It was fantastic. I'll share that next hour. I don't tell a lot of personal stories, but this was really cool last night to have that opportunity uh, to sit down with those gentlemen, you know, some of the greatest Raiders to ever live, Bolitnikoff, the Hall of Famer, and Rod Martin, one of the greatest, toughest, and most accomplished Raiders of all time. So that was fun. We'll talk about that as we are brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Head on out to PTs, especially with this East Coast road trip. With the Vegas Golden Knights, they're a proud partner. You can watch the Ranger game and the Islander game at PT's. All their servers, the food specials, they really get up for these night games. Head on out to a PT's near you. Hardcore Raider, start us off today on the show. Appreciate you checking in. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Hey, the last thing is to uh, catch up to us in Super Bowls, you know, uh, as far as rings go, and then especially to surpass us. So uh, I really hope they lose, man, and I'll just uh, leave it at that. But – you know, I, I did want to ask you a question. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know you don't like to get into numbers a lot, but I do like numbers. But mm-hmm. I'm just kind of curious what you would think if we were to sign a, a Tom Brady, what a fair deal would be for Brady and the Raiders. Because I'm in yeah. the mindset of like 25, maybe 30 mil. I think we have around 60 mil in cap space, but mm-hmm. give or take. And if we sign Jacobs, as well as, you know, obviously we need like a maybe an O-lineman, D-tackle, cornerback, linebacker. But, like, you know, the, the more we're going to pay a quarterback, the less that money's going to go around to the other needs on this team. So I'm just curious yeah. what you think would be a fair deal if you were to put a number on it. Yeah, thanks for the call. I've always said that about Brady. Appreciate you calling. Brady never takes a pay cut. He always gets his money in guarantees. So for all those years where everybody's saying, well, Brady takes a pay cut. He plays for less. Not really. He, he redoes his contracts, and then he, gets, he pulls out fresh new money and a signing bonus. So he'll pull out fresh signing bonus money, and then they'll structure his contract at a smaller level, and then he'll restructure it and get more money. So for Brady, I, I think your number's right. I, I don't think you can talk to Tom Brady in a league where Deshaun Watson's getting $240 million and Aaron Rodgers is getting over $50 million and Mahomes is at that level. I don't think you can start a conversation with Brady unless it's at $30 million. And if it goes to $32 million or $34 on a two-year deal or $28 million, I mean, who cares? They're going to figure it out. Dave Ziegler's going to be in that building and they're going to have capologists all around him. He's very good, I believe, at this. And they're going to structure contracts and restructure other contracts. And Mark Davis is going to approve it because Mark Davis, which he doesn't get enough credit for, approves everything. Everything that Gruden wanted, Mark Davis gave it to him. Everything that Josh McDaniels and Dave want, Mark Davis has approved it. So no one could sit here and criticize, well, Mark Davis, you know, he doesn't have the money to do it. That's bogus. Mark Davis doesn't want to do that. No. Whenever they tell Mark Davis what that they want to do, Mark generally approves it financially so they can go forward and do it. So it's a fair question. And maybe something I'll talk to Dave Ziegler about at the Super Bowl. The deal might be done coming up. They might have a verbal agreement down the road. Maybe they're going to have to talk and wait for it. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know the Raiders have a lot of money for a quarterback. And if they get a quarterback in free agency, it's going to cost a ton. Tom Brady, not as expensive. I think a deal because of the former New England regime that's here. But Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, no doubt about it when we look at some of these names. Aaron Rodgers, are you kidding me? You're going to talk about giving up picks on top of paying more money than Derek Carr. But if that's what's going to get this team to the Super Bowl, I'm on board for it. Whatever's going to take this team and make it a lot better next year, 
with a much better quarterback. You know I'm all in on that. All in on that. I don't know how any other Raider fan would want to. I don't want to do a rebuild if it's a young quarterback and Stidham starts and grooms a top seven pick, a young quarterback, and that young quarterback's playing by week six or eight. I'm okay with that if he's so good and he's a franchise superstar. But other than that, I think the Raiders need to get to 11 or 12 wins, and the best way to do that is Tom Brady. Uh, Let's get out to Antonio. He's in Modesto, California. What's happening? Hey, JT, great show as always. Hey, man, I can't believe it's been 42 years since Rod Martin picked out three interceptions. Mm -hmm. I think he almost had a fourth. I mean, I remember that game like it was yesterday, a couple weeks before that, this mistake in the lake in Cleveland, watching at my dad's house in Dublin. Hey, but for me, uh, JT, uh, it's, I, the Niners got to go down. They got to go down hard. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the Chiefs do. I know they're in our division, but come on. They've won seven freaking tight divisions, in the, seven uh, in a row. I mean, I, I don't want them to win, but it's got to be for me since I'm mm-hmm. up here in the Bay. It's got to be the Niners. They got to go down hard. And I, and I got a sneaky feeling the Chiefs are going to get by Philly, even with the – Bad Mahomes ankle. I think somehow Burrow's hot, but uh, but I I my team is it's got to be. Then I don't care who the Niners play. I'm rooting for them like they're my Raiders. Niners must go down. Burn Niners, burn. Thanks, JT. Yep, thank you. I, I think a lot of fans are disgusted by the Niners for a lot of reasons, and I'm not going to tell every story or share every story with Fred Bolitnikoff and Rod Martin last night. But there was a little Niner talk. <laughs> there was a little Niner talk. I will not. I will not share. Well, we were talking about all of it, but I want to share some stories about coaching and Al Davis coming up next hour on the show. So we got Vinny Bonsignor coming up here in about five or six minutes. That'll be a good conversation. Vinny's done a hell of a job with all the content that he's providing for our entire channel and for people to talk about here in Vegas, and I like that. And then we'll have Nestor Aparicio, Nasty Nestor, who is a diehard Ravens fan and a Lamar Jackson fan, and he reached out to me because he's got information on Lamar and Lamar's mindset and the way he's been acting. And I think he's on the short list, I would assume. I would assume Vegas would be perfect for Lamar Jackson. Well, what they'd have to give up would be a bunch if he hits the market. If he doesn't want to be franchise tagged, he's going to let it be clear. Remember, Lamar Jackson didn't go to Cincinnati for the playoff game, where a lot of people thought he should have been ready to play by then, but he didn't have a contract, and he didn't even travel with the team. So that bridge might be burned. For Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, I don't even know if the owner wants to have him in the building anymore. They're saying that they do, but I don't know if that's accurate. We'll talk to Nasty Nestor at the top of the hour. Uh, Rebels take down the Cowboys there. So good to see Harkless with 28 points here. We'll get into that over Wyoming. Looking forward to going to some Rebel games coming up here and supporting Kevin Kruger, friend of the show and the Kruger family as we open up the show. All right, 702-365-9200. Jump on in. Vinny Bonsignor will join us next. We'll go over the last two columns he wrote about the Raiders offseason roster. And then he dove into the quarterbacks today and what Vinny thinks could happen here. We are brought to you by our great friends at Resorts World. Go to Resorts World and you'll just get lost in this giant property, three different hotel chains, uh, the best gaming floor that I've seen in this town in decades, and some great sports bars, including Redtail and Doghouse. No, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why you win and lose. I mean, today wasn't a really close game, but we obviously have played in a lot of them. So, you know, going back through all those and, you know, you win, you win in this league when you earn it. That's through performance and work. 
And so, you know, we all can do something better, you know, you know, what some of us may be more than others. And so I'll start with myself and our staff and try to do everything we can do uh, better as we go into the off season and next year. And um, same thing with how we, how we play. So there's not one thing, there's too many, too many variables in football. It's Josh McDaniels. We are in the off season and thank God for Benny Bonsignor, who's providing some very good content especially the last couple of days. Vinny, I want to start off by thanking you. I thought when you broke down the roster, that was some great work I told you about. And then today you decided to uh, write a column about the quarterbacks, which is not only a big topic here in Vegas, but a big topic nationally around the NFL. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think the Raiders are trying to, um, you know, uh, thread a needle here uh, in some ways. You know, they they feel like they have an offense uh, that can compete at a pretty high level with the right quarterback uh, in place, veteran quarterback in place, uh, and maybe sort of overcome some of the deficiency on defense that they know that they have to address and try to continue to get better at. Um, But it's going to require somebody, uh, a veteran quarterback, that can come in here and immediately uh, lend a helping hand uh, in that regard. But they're also not losing sight of the long-range future. They understand that... Um, they don't want to be, you know, meddling about as a 500 team, a team that can win nine, ten games a year and sneak into the playoffs. Uh, they aspire to be more than that, and that's going to take a lot of work on this roster, uh, especially on defense. Um, and but they feel like if they can thread that needle, they can, you know, they could they could really make the most of these next couple of years while also rebuilding a defense, so that you know, two years down the line, you're t- and maybe even bringing a young quarterback too to develop that in two years down the line. Uh, you have something that can that can really compete on a sustainable level. We'll Vinny, see, it's, yeah, Vinny, it's hard to do that and sell the dream of a young quarterback if he's not a top young quarterback. If it's not a top three, top five, top seven, where they're at number seven pick, it's hard for me to believe that they're going to get a quarterback in the second round or the third round, even if that quarterback's good and he can fit McDaniel's style and he's mobile on the outside. You know, this league is about Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, okay? You can go past number 10 or 11 to Josh Allen, but that's really threading the needle. So how do the Raiders thread that needle if they don't get that veteran quarterback, if Brady decides to go to Miami or go to Fox, and Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson is too complicated to pull off that deal with the equity those teams will want back? Is the only answer Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, if you're talking about the veteran, um, you know, route, uh, yeah, you know, uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers comes into play. We'll see what his status is going to be. You're going to check in on Lamar Jackson if he ever hits free agency. So the, the, I think the, the, the first order of business, uh, and this is going to happen ahead of the draft, the first order of business is to, is to try to secure that veteran quarterback, you know, whether it's a short-term guy like Tom Brady uh, or a more longer-term guy like uh, a Lamar Jackson, uh, but but I think that you know more the more likely scenario is it's going to be somebody that's going to come in here for a couple of years, and that probably includes a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, definitely Tom Brady, uh, and an, and an Aaron Rodgers as well. Because so you you're still thinking about okay, then what? What happens in 2025? And that's where if you get the veteran quarterback, you don't necessarily have to sell the franchise. Uh, or sell a fan base on, on a quarterback of the future. You just have to hope that you get that guy in, and in a couple of years, he's ready to go. Um, you know, Now, if you don't get that veteran quarterback, then you're probably going to have to get aggressive in the draft uh, and make some moves uh, to, mm-hmm. to trade up, probably, uh, to, to go get somebody that you feel, co- you feel like is going to be the guy eventually, whether that's Will Levis or C.J. Stroud, uh, or going all the way to the top of the draft uh, to go get a Bryce Young. Uh, those, are the, those are the kind of guys that, 
if you're going to get aggressive and you're going to, you know, sell your fan base on, on a future and buying some time and it's going to take a little while, those are the kind of quarterbacks you're talking about. Vinny Bonsignor joins us from the Las Vegas Review Journal, Vegas Nation, of course, our teammate here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. All right, let's jump into the defense and the money. I heard you talking to Eddie Borselli. I know you're talking about it on your show in the morning about how much of these resources in the draft and the money have to go to the defensive side of the ball because you did a great job talking about the players who might be back, players who most likely are not going to be here. Vinny, that number's pretty high. There's a lot of players that I think have to be replaced on defense, and I'm not talking about moving them into a backup role. I think they're going to be out of here. What type of holes are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, you know, no doubt about it. You know, on, on, on today's show as well, we were talking about, you know, uh, tradable assets. You know, uh, who do you have that are that, that, that are really attractive to other teams? And it's a very short list, unfortunately, and that's part of the problem, uh, you know, with, with the Raiders and with this roster, especially defensively. All right, Max Crosby absolutely would have tremendous value on the open market, not suggesting that they would ever trade him. But aside from him, who else on defense do you look at and say, wow, this is a guy that's valuable around the league in terms of really bringing you back uh, some assets. You know, you could go to the 49ers defense, and there's a ton of guys uh, mm-hmm. on that defense. Uh, you look at some of the teams that are, that are in, the, uh, in the playoffs or still around, they've got all kinds of tradable assets. When you look at the Raiders, it's a very short list, especially defensively. So, yeah, um, they're, they're, you can could, you could make a case for every player besides Max Crosby to be improved upon next year. Think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, that, that, that's not a good, that's not, that's not good. That's not good news. You know, you want to be able to say that, yeah, we've got six or seven guys defensively on any given team that are irreplaceable. Five guys that are irreplaceable. Uh, when you look at this Raiders defense, there's one guy, really, and if we're being mm-hmm. honest, that's irreplaceable, that's Max Crosby. Yeah, Vinny, it's interesting. And if you want to get more players and you look at players that could be on the trade market on the Raiders, I know Jeremy Fowler mentioned potentially keep an eye on Waller or Renfro or other players that could be moved. But those are, the, those are supposed to be the players who are here to recruit a Tom Brady or someone else because you have these amazing assets on the offensive side of the ball. So for the defense, I don't know how you get players other than putting a lot of your free agent dollars into that and buying these players. But then it's the same problem we both talk about over the decades is how do you get a guy who's a free agent that another team doesn't want anymore? Sometimes you have to overpay for that player, and he might not have many years left. Right. There's usually a reason why guys are free agents, let's be honest. Uh, and the Raiders have been down that path far too many times. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't you know, solve any problems. In, in fact, it may have created uh, s- s- some problems. Um, you know, yes. You know, ideally, the free agency is to supplement what you already have, a foundation that you already have. Oh, we need a piece uh, here. Let's, let's, let's you know, pour some money into, into finding that you know, rush end that goes along with our great defensive tackle and our great linebackers and our great cornerbacks, et cetera, et cetera, or solid you know, safeties and, and whatnot. Uh, but when you're, when you're going into every offseason saying, gosh, got to gotta fill this hole and that hole and that one over there and this one over there. Well, the more, there's not enough money to do that mm-hmm. uh, every offseason, number one. Number two, there's never any guarantee that whoever you do bring in in free agency is going to work. Um, and like you just said, a lot of times you're talking about veteran players anyway. They're only going to be here for a few years. It has to be through the draft, draft and development, draft and development, draft mm-hmm. and development. We look at the 49ers defense and how many of those guys – 
are homegrown players. The Cowboys' defense. How many of those guys were? I know they lost to the 49ers, but it wasn't because of their defense. Their defense played really well in that game. Homegrown players uh, that you're able to draft uh, and, and, and develop um, and, and create that kind of cohesion and that chemistry that you need um, and be airtight you know, when you're playing defensive football. Too many times, and you look at it, this is what's really disappointing. You look at the Raiders and all the draft, draft assets that they had. Let's go back to 2017. Um, you know, 2018, all the draft assets that the Raiders have had over those years between now and then, probably more than even the 49ers had, although the 49ers were sometimes drafting higher than they were. But, but in to- to- totality, I would imagine that the Raiders had just as many picks, if not more, than the 49ers and some of these other really good teams that we see right now. The, the difference is they maximized those mm-hmm. draft assets, and in a lot of ways the Raiders completely um, – you know, uh, just whiffed on their draft assets. Yes, Max Crosby was a great pick. There's no doubt Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs uh, were good picks. But aside from that, uh, Foster Moreau was a good, solid, you know, player where he was drafted, obviously. Um, you know, Nate Hobbs could be somebody that, that, that uh, you know, that, that has a, a bright future. But it was just too many misses over the years, and it's left this Raiders roster completely vulnerable. And that's why we keep talking about how, you know, that, that, uh, that needle that they have to thread where you maximize what you have on offense, the, the goal being to try to overcome some of the deficiencies defensively uh, and, and buy the time necessary to, to rebuild that defense. But there's no guarantees that that can happen. And I would say that Raider Nation probably has to maybe brace themselves for the fact that there could be a rebuild. If they don't get a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or, or you know, one of those veteran quarterbacks, um, you're probably going to have to go young at that position. And what does that mean for a Devontae? What does it mean for the short term? It might be uh, some development time that you're gonna, that's going to be required. Uh, and then in, in, in that case, do you start thinking about, all right, you've got a certain few tradable, really truly tradable assets. Do you trade them to get even more draft picks uh, in, in order to, to expedite this rebuild? That's kind of the tricky situation that the Raiders are in right now. Last one for Vinny Bonsignor. Appreciate his time here. So, Vinny, if the last regime did a better job with their higher draft picks, they might have been here. I mean, the Gruden emails was a unique situation that this league's never seen before. So Dave and Josh got to get this team going and get them up from six wins quickly. And a lot of the problems were from the drafts from years before. It's fascinating to me. That's why coaches are let go, new regimes come in, because the team fails. And this team failed before them, even though they were a playoff team with Rich Pisaccia, because a lot of those draft picks were not great players. They were not supposed to be selected where they are. And now these gentlemen who take over, they're looking at six wins going, uh, we got to win, we know that, but we want to do it our way. Doesn't that make it much more complicated heading into this offseason? It does. And, you know, uh, I know people get fed up hearing our way, mm-hmm. but in their mind, it's the right way. Yes. Uh, you know, it's the right way. We hear, you know, their guys, get their guys. That's a nicer way of saying get better players, their guys. It's better players. That's what we're talking about. That's what they're talking about. Uh, that's what needs to happen. And forget whose guy it is and his guy and that guy. What, the, the problem is they just don't have enough talented players across the board. And that's been the issue. They didn't care. You think they would have cared if, if John Gruden had drafted Justin Jefferson or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like their guy didn't matter. Now he's our guy. Then we're, we're going to, we're going to benefit from that. It doesn't matter whose guy it is or that guy or this guy or anything like that. It's talent. That's what the Raiders um, have had an issue with, especially uh, on the defensive side of the, of the football. 
Vinny, tell us about your partners as we go forward. They're helping us, our entire channel here with my partners, to get us to the Super Bowl so we can do some good radio out there for all of our listeners. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Dos Caras, which is now um, in Las Vegas, uh, it's a, a brand new uh, tequila uh, a brand uh, that's, that's really taken things by storm. Um, you could get them here locally uh, uh, over at Total Wine, uh, Lee's Liquors. There's a bunch of places where you could go get it, and, and they've been fabulous uh, to us, and, and we appreciate that. And, of course, if you're looking uh, to buy or sell a home, uh, Realty One Group uh, does outstanding work. Uh, and no doubt about it, um, uh, the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas as well. If you're, if you're going through anything, I know my co-host Heidi might be checking them out because she's got some knee issues. But, uh, but uh, they're here, and they're here for you. Thanks, Vinny. Talk to you soon. Appreciate you. All right. You too. Thank you. All right. Vinny Bonson. Great job by Vinny. He really has some good content out there. I get the newspaper right here delivered to my driveway every day when I come out in the morning and I pick it up and I read it. I like to read. I read 10 sports pages every day. I have my entire career, the same 10. Uh, This is the one that I have in my hands. The other ones I have bookmarked and online. I don't read about high school sports or that or the bass fishing column there. I read about the national topics for not only this show, but my other show. And I'm a newspaper geek. I love newspapers. I lo- I've had them since I was a kid. You know, having my dad come home on the train, and he would bring me the newspaper from the day before, the Daily News, whatever it was, the tabloids in New York, and I'd be fascinated. Because back then we didn't have the Internet when I was a little kid. And my dad would bring home Newsday or the Daily News, and I'd go to the back cover and I'd read about George Steinbrenner firing Billy Martin or this or that. And I was just fascinated by it as a kid. And now I try to get my kids to read the newspaper. They look at me. The look they give me is like, what are you talking about reading a newspaper? I got my phone. I got Stephen A. on YouTube for two minutes. This and that. I mean, raise your hand and beep your horn if you read the newspaper. My father-in-law, who lives in Lincoln, Illinois, he says this is one of the best newspapers he's ever read. Period. The Las Vegas Review-Journal. And he loves it when he comes to visit because he reads the entire paper because he thinks it's a good national newspaper. I think they do a tremendous job in sports here every day. There's some markets that have terrible sports pages. Uh, this one's one of the better ones, and Vinny is a leader over there, and we appreciate his time. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into a little bit more of the quarterback scenario as we frame up Lamar Jackson and his availability with Nestor Aparicio. Also, my dinner last night, I felt like it was like a Netflix series. Had dinner with Fred Bolitnikoff, and then Rod Martin came over and sat down with us. And it got interesting. I'll tell you about that next hour on the flagship of the Silver and Black, brought to you by Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. There's no, you know, there there is no timeline on that. You know, I think the thing you do is you take the best um, the best day you, you can have, and you continue to do that and produce those through the off season and, and improve the football team in any way that you can, uh, whether that's our process, uh, what we choose to do, how we play, how we coach, uh, the players that are on the team. The, we have a lot of things to evaluate, obviously, and we know a lot more now than we did last January, and we, we've got a, a year full of evidence of you know, what we need to make better, you know, uh, whether it's our process or uh, you know, on our team. So. There's a lot of things that we can uh, look at, and we're going to address them. And, uh, you know, like I said, we'll see. But every, look, every year you're trying to win. Every game you're trying to win. There's no, like, you know, seasons where you're going out there and saying, 
this one doesn't really matter. Uh, they all matter, you know, and we, I think everybody in this organization, you know, wants to do that, and, and that's what we're going to be hard at work to do. That's Josh McDaniels, and the Raiders wanted to win every game. They had five games where they had a double-digit lead in the second half, and those were all games they should have won. If you take one of them out, and I did, I took the Kansas City game out with the Raiders had a 17-0 lead, and I threw that out, saying that's Kansas City, so 17-0 isn't safe. All the other leads that they had in other games, including the Baker Mayfield game, you know I named all these games after what I thought was the reason they lost the games, the Baker Mayfield game, the Kyler Murray game, the Trevor Lawrence game, the Andy Dalton game where they no-showed Andy Dalton, and then maybe the biggest one for me, the Jeff Saturday game. Not the Matt Ryan game, the Jeff Saturday game, as he came in as the new coach of Indianapolis. And I told you on this radio channel, watch out. If they're going to play hard for Saturday, it's going to be the first game he ever coaches, and they did and won that game. So out of those five games that I mentioned, four of them should have been easily Raider victories or maybe you know nail biters, but they, they were in control and they should have won. And that gives them 10 wins because they won six. Okay, so I'm not looking at a team that's down in the dumps with three wins and they got no players and they got to find a way to get. No, they got good players. They have several good cornerstone players, stars in this league. They just need to get a wealth of new players to come in, like 10 guys. I'm not talking five. I'm talking 10. And three or four of those I would hope would be in the draft. Three have got to be starters. I'm not into this backup draft crap. I'm not. I've been around this team too long. I don't want to hear about a fourth-round draft pick and linebacker that's going to be ready in two years from now. Don't take him if it's going to take him two years to get ready. These guys got to be ready to play in the NFL. And if they played at LSU and Alabama or some of these bigger programs, they should be drafted to play. Okay, We're not, we don't need to draft Max Crosby's backup. Okay, we're trying to draft a starter at defensive tackle, who doesn't need two to three years to groom. But maybe this coach and this GM want to do it that way. They want to develop players, which is the right thing to do. Benny Bonsignor just told us that. Develop players over a couple of years who are going to turn out to be really good. Either Pro Bowl players or consistent starters over a long period of time. That best example I could give you of that type of player is Colton Miller. Colton Miller was drafted. I know why. The Raiders moved back in that draft. They got him. That was the player they wanted. Uh, they nailed that pick for Colton Miller. And Colton Miller, I thought I thought should have been a Pro Bowler by now. And I don't think he deserved to be a Pro Bowler this year. He had a couple of games where I didn't think he played at a high level. But he's a very good player. Dave Ziegler needs to find another three or four players at the level of Colton Miller. Okay, that are going to just be good, solid guys you don't have to worry about for a number of years. But they got to help the team win now. And then one of my favorite things is free agency. But as Dave sat in with me a few times this year, Dave Ziegler's philosophy isn't to go into free agency every year and get five guys. That's not how you build a championship team. That's how you build a one-and-done team. That's how you do what the Rams did. Remember, the Rams gave the Raiders the blueprint on how to do it if you want to do it one year. They got Matthew Stafford. They had Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. They brought in Odell Beckham Jr. They had Whitworth on the offensive line. They won a Super Bowl. How do the Rams look now? They look terrible, personnel-wise. Raiders want to build something long-term and consistent, but Raider Nation wants to win now. Woo! That's a doozy. That's hard to do. We'll talk about Lamar Jackson next with Nasty Nestor.